Hi, I'm Megan. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And welcome back. We're here recording our second episode. We've actually made it through the first one, which is pretty exciting because it was a couple of weeks getting up to that first one. Everything set up and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So it's done. It's out there. We've officially made it. We actually are just wrapping up Memorial Day weekend. We went on a three state road trip. We did with a baby and a bird dog. Yeah, and two alcoholics, which is like going on a vacation with a family of 12. <laughs> the, the various personalities, et cetera, et cetera. But we're home now and back in our studio and getting back to work. Yes, and I'm, I'm super excited. But I do have to mention, I guess, a couple of housekeeping items. Okay. So I don't care where you're from, what license plate is on your car, what neighborhood you grew up in, where you went to school what gang you roll with. The left lane is for illegal shit. If you are doing 65 miles an hour and you're on the highway in a 65 mile an hour zone, you are wrong. <laughs> so um, Chris is from Massachusetts and they drive... Like mass holes. Yes. That's an acceptable term, by the way. Wiki I've heard that actually. Wikipedia that. You'll find it. I believe you. I'm going to take your word for it. And I don't even need to because I sit shotgun <laughs> in the car with you and fear for my life on a daily basis. You live it. Yeah, that's right. It's I a beautiful thing. <laughs> Left lane. I don't need to read about it. Illegal shit, people. Pay attention. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So first episode done. Out there. Sort of. I mean, out there in a sense. I mean, I, I people have listened to it, I think. Yes, it's been downloaded. Uh, I haven't checked it today, uh, which is very unalcoholic of me. I was just going to say. But I looked at it uh, over the weekend, and it was at, I think, 220, 223, something like that, downloads. That's pretty good for a couple of derelicts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In our basement. Yes. How did you feel about when it first went, went out? Like, I think we slow rolled it out at first. I was, so I was really excited about it, but I was also super feared up about it as well. Yeah, I think that's a big term in our crowd of people. In our community. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, that's always, you know, when you do step work, people that have done step work, they know, you know, that's one of the big things. And it's always that, for me personally, it's that fear of not being enough. And now I'm going to put my life out there for anyone to listen to and tell me. And pick apart. Yeah. Because they will. Totally will. Good, bad, or indifferent. Which is good. And I think we're in a place where we can hear it now. Yeah, I agree. Do you think, how would you say that your ability to take criticism has changed throughout the your lifespan? I think that now, you know, I'm I'm working a program. I think it's come leaps and bounds from where it was. I think that if you told me I wasn't a good, you know, boyfriend or worker or whatever it was several years ago, I would have taken that very personally. And now I still take criticism personally, not as personally. I try to take it more with a grain of salt. And I'll be the first to tell you, like, I, I don't give a fuck what you say about me. But like in the shower at night, I'm crying. <laughs> 
I've heard it. Right. No, I I feel the same way. I was very, I would say I was always very, well, I took any criticism to heart. And I think I was very defensive, especially like even when I first got sober, like super defensive. Yeah. Right. I think I am still, Chris is very good at giving criticism. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's productive criticism. I think that's being generous. Most of the time it isn't. Most of the time it's just... Me being an asshole. Yes. And that's fine. Okay. So I think I've adjusted to that rather well. Actually, it's almost like, um, I don't know, like Chinese water torture. Is that a thing? Can you say that still? I don't. Th- I think you have to call it like Chinese American water torture. Okay. Because you're probably offending. That the, was a real thing though, wasn't it? The Chinese, it? the Americans, and coincidentally, the water. I was going to say sea-like creatures. Like it has to be organic, purified water. I can't. Chris will like badger you just to do it. Like literally like, you know, I've tried to accept it as, you know how when you, you know, like the six-year-olds and they always say, oh, he must like you because he's mean to you on the schoolyard and like pushes you. That's who I married. Yeah. But it's all right. Actually, it gives me a tougher skin, I would say. Growth. Growth, definitely. I'm still defensive though about it at least once a week. That's okay. Yeah, okay. So we rolled it out to the alcoholics. We've rolled it out to some normal people. I think we got a lot of good feedback. I think the normies were like, you know, if you if you guys need to talk to us or, you know, if we need to send like a therapist over, we'd be more than happy to help. And then the people that are alcoholics and borderline alcoholics are like, oh my God, you guys sound great. Thank you for discussing some tough issues. Yeah, I think it just totally like showed different thought processes or, or you know, I think it's so funny. I think we like drove home this idea or at least I wanted to like, oh no, normal people will get us too. We have so much to offer and then I was like nope normal people are afraid of us yep and that's okay totally okay actually it was it was nice to hear from people their you know concern or whatever but I I think you know the more they listen I think maybe they'll you know I'm, I'm still pushing it I like it okay I like it a lot uh and then we you know so we originally you know we edited it we were all set to go we figured out how you actually Get a podcast on the internet. That was Which very is, hard. Yeah, it's not just like go to podcast.com, hit enter, and, and roll with it. It's like a process. Seriously. And Wait, some Which the- I was not thinking about when I was at the Guitar Center, spending away, because I probably would have just stuck to like golf and shooting things. Yeah, when, when you found out it was going to be hard. Yeah, this is, this is expensive. So anyway, we finally get it on the pod bean and then the pod bean sends it to the other podcasting avenues. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, to the best of my understanding so far. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I actually want no parts of any of the production. I am purely the talent. That's <laughs> how shocking. It's just like our marriage. <laughs> Someone has to be. I'm the pretty face. I agree. I'm uh, the pretty voice. Seven microphones in, but we'll get to that. Let's actually, let's just dive right into it. Let's dive right into it. So we, uh, Chris didn't like the way his voice sounded on the microphone. Correct. And not because I got or we got any feedback about how my voice sounds, because again, I'm an alcoholic, so nobody actually mentioned that I had a good voice. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I need my voice to literally speak to your soul. Now, and let's talk about the fact that when we were getting the audio equipment, because I don't think we mentioned this before, I actually in real life have a terrible voice. I will be the first one to admit it. It is high pitched. I sound like Minnie Mouse. It's really awful. And uh, my poor husband has to listen to it for the rest of his life. 
Yes. But the equipment makes me sound fantastic. It, it really does. I know. People have commented on that, that I sound fantastic. Which is probably why I was so fucked up over the microphone. Because he sounded normal and not fantastic. Or maybe it's because they they know me in real life and they've heard me speak. They're like, wow, Megan is tolerable. <laughs> Your voice is actually pleasant. <laughs> so anyway... Chris is so obsessed with this whole microphone business. So like the obsessive alcoholic he is, he ends up, how many microphones have you purchased now? I think we're on number seven, but I'm going to be honest with you. This is where I cut it off because I'm happy here. Because you have Howard Stern's microphone at this point. There is no up from here. It's actually Chris Pilates microphone. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. As we're driving up, so we left on, I don't know, like a week ago at this point. It feels like an eternity. And we started to head for Vermont, right, which is about a five-hour drive. Now, we've got in the car with us the one-year-old, the puppy. And so we're now about like four hours and whatever into our five-and-a-half-hour drive. And I'm like, Chris pulls off. So I think, all right, it's time to pee, right? So he goes into the coffee shop, I think. And I'm waiting and waiting. And it's like 15 minutes goes by. Now the bird dog's up and he's making circles in the back seat like he's going to take a piss right on the car seat. It's a she. And now the baby's up and she's starting to fuss up and she's crying and crying and she needs to be changed and she wants something to eat. And she doesn't she just sat in a car seat for five hours like she is not pleased. So I text him. I'm like, hurry up. I got to pee, too. And we're losing the crowd. So he's like, I'll be right out. So I see him come walking out and he's like, I'm looking at the coffee shop. I don't see him. I don't see him. Finally, like enters from the other side. And I'm like, come on, I'm going to show you where the bathroom is. So I walk in, still naiveness, sees that we're walking into a guitar center. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so funny. I can't believe there's one of these here. Like, what an idiot I am. Because he's in the guitar center in Vermont with baby and puppy and wife in the car shopping for yet another microphone. This is the moment where I literally lose my shit. So I pee, I go to leave, and he goes, I'll be out in two minutes. Two minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by, and literally I'm thinking about all the ways that I can strangle him with my bare hands. So I text him, where's the leash, asshole? I got to take the dog to pee. So now I'm driving in the car to find one square foot of grassy area to take the bird dog to take a piss. Me, bird dog, baby are back in the parking lot and here he comes walking out of the guitar center, happy as can be. And I am now that crazed wife in the guitar center parking lot. It was bad. Screaming at the top of my lungs, many expletives. Get in this car. That's actually the really nice version. Yeah, because I'm not even going to repeat what I said. (laughs) Although... I actually still mean every word of it. I don't blame you. Yeah. It was excessive. It was excessive. Like, talk about, again, love you to death. Talk about self-absorbed insanity. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's Baby, bird, dog, already five hours into a drive, and you are shopping at a guitar center with us all in the parking lot. But I sound great. I actually, like, can't even listen to you on that mic because it (laughs) just makes me loathe you. Literally loathe you. So anyway, now we're prepared for our second episode that Chris has. Finally. 
his new mic. Although, let's be honest, this isn't really the second episode. I mean, it is. I mean, we tried many second episodes, but I don't know. I think we'd get into it for a little bit and then we'd go, you know, we'd veer very far off course. And what started as something good would end up in either a really dark place that I don't think we're prepared to go to quite yet. No, and I think, you know, that part's important, too. It definitely is, but I don't know. I just, it wasn't good. Yeah. This is the official second episode. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. We're going to do it. All right. So what are we going to talk about now in our second episode? Uh, So we got through the microphone. Let's talk about being in Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts is officially back open again. Yeah, it opened like literally while we were there on the 29th. Yes, which is very exciting. Uh, Not super exciting for us, I guess, because we, as we discussed in the first episode, are done pandemicking. Yeah. We're over it. We're fully vaccinated and ready to move on with our lives. Exactly. You know, for me, I think going up to Worcester always fills me with quite a bit of anxiety because that's where I destroyed my life. You know, it's good to go up there and see my aging parents um, and have them take you to a lot of dinners. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) It's it's always good when somebody else is picking up the tab. (laughs) Right. You know, but I think it's really hard. You know, because I get, again, wrapped up in stuff that I shouldn't necessarily be getting wrapped up in. And those feelings come back, you know, of all the things that I've done, relationships that I had ruined, people that I had severed from my life, uh, be it inadvertently or on purpose. And it's just hard. And it takes, you know, a lot of patience. It's taken a lot of work previous to obviously this past trip and I mean like a lot of AA work step work being okay with who I am and what I've done not that I'm okay with it but I think at some point in time the alcoholic needs to learn to forgive themselves let go of whatever it is that they're hanging on to and just move on and embrace it and do better and do better because we are not going to have you know and this is for everybody out there like I'm not going to have a lot of time left with my parents and that may sound like a morbid thing but like we all have a very short finite time on this earth right so enjoy it instead of getting wrapped up in the bullshit yeah no I agree I remember the first time I went up there with you it was um three years ago I don't know almost three years ago now and we went up for like a family christening and um, I was like all excited to go up and meet the family. Family's super important to me. I'm really close to mine. Chris had always talked so much about his family. Like I couldn't wait to get up there. I mean, we, we had a great time. Now, I didn't realize going up there that like there were some family members Chris hadn't talked to in like two years at that point. Uh, yes. And this was several years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And those relationships have since been repaired. But like, I don't think I re- necessarily knew that. No. And I don't think that I was very forthcoming with that. No, not at all. And then, too, the other thing that I think was kind of funny that, like, we found out, like, later. So we were going to stay at his mom's and um, his sister-in-law at the time or whatever later told us, like, they told we got there first. And they, like, totally called his mom and was like, how bad is it? What's this one like? What trailer park is she from? And your mom was like, no. She's actually like classy. In her very Scottish accent. Very. Just so just so you know, honey, at the time it very low expectations. 
as you should have. Yeah. So, but I think that I mean, I think they love us as a couple, and you know, are proud yes. of what we've done. Definitely. They're uh, they're just happy that you are quite literally not a, a chick that I took home from rehab. Or my mother told me literally at one point in time, she's like, "If you take home another girl from the trailer park, I'm cutting you off." <laughs> so they were happy. Yeah. They were very happy to see you and meet you. And now we all have a great relationship. We do. We're actually very lucky. We're very blessed to have um, the families that we have. So I agree. So it's not as bad going up there for you anymore, right? Or no, I guess it is. I guess you just said that. But Yeah, apparently I just... I wasn't listening. Yeah, nobody okay. listens. Moved on. Shocking. Maybe it's that new microphone. I can't hear you properly. <laughs> Through even, your ego. Don't even make me start. <laughs> I'll work on Mike 8 right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll tell you where you can put Mike 8. So, anyway, we talked about Massachusetts opening back up. Um, so, we started talking about, like, what it was like being an alcoholic in the pandemic. I think th- we think that's, like, a really important... I mean, pandemic's not done now, according to us. But, like, I think that's an important topic to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Because it's really easy to you know if you're an alcoholic or an addict whatever it is uh, typically the package store is open from 9 a.m till 10 p.m whatever you know there's bars restaurants wherever you frequent to get your fix and a lot of that as of march last year was shut down completely I actually, now I was pregnant during the, I had our daughter last May, so I was like very pregnant in that March when everything shut down, and I remember actually still having like pure panic over that. Isn't that crazy? No, but like I totally, first of all, like I couldn't even imagine what it would have been like if I was still drinking and you literally had no access. Yeah. I mean- Talk about, first of all, a safety issue, right? Like, you know, you don't have to worry. If the liquor store is closed, you're still going to be able to get your drugs. But, like, th- I kept saying there's probably alcoholics at home seizing all over the place. Because yeah, it's and literally alcohol, dangerous. Yeah, alcohol withdrawal, and along with benzos, yep. is the only withdrawal that you can die from. Exactly. And, and medically speaking, that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. And like here people were cut off and like eventually places start like delivering booze, but not in the beginning. Like in Brilliant. the beginning, there was literally nothing. Mm-hmm. So again, I was lucky. I was pregnant and very pregnant at that point and tired. And so like. And angry. I was a little angry. I just, I was beat. Anyone that's had children over 35 especially knows like the end, the last two months feels like an eternity. It was. And I was blessed because I'm actually, I'm a nurse practitioner, so I still went to work every day. Yes. So I, every day, I I say that all the time, like what saved me during the pandemic is like, I mean, it really wasn't even fair. I was pregnant, so I wasn't drinking, obviously, and I was going to work every day. Like I had a leg up on everyone else. I agree. And luckily for me, because I do not sit well, not at like all. A, a weekend at home is about all I can take of zero activity. And even that, you have to do like errands at least three times. Yeah. I, I just, I don't do well sitting at home. It's just, it's not my thing. I have to be busy doing something. Thus, the leisure activities. <laughs> many hobbies. He's a man many of many hobbies. hobbies. All but, that come with a lot of accessories. And fancy accessories, I know, too. I know, I know. We have lovely accessories. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, we actually closed on our house, uh, what was it, March, March 11th? March 11th, yeah. And the world shut down 
the 14th or the 15th, the Something 13th. Like I don't know. We made something on like a Wednesday and it was all over by Monday morning. Yeah, it was it, literally, it was just a couple of days later. But anyways, I think originally we had planned on, you know, redoing the house in terms of cosmetically like painting, you know, some simple stuff like that. And we ended up doing a lot more than that. Top to bottom. Yeah. And, and that saved my ass. And by we ended up doing, meaning Chris did everything. Yes, by myself with the help of a couple of guys here and there. Like your brother came over and helped us out. Your dad came over and did some painting. Uh, I had a guy that I had actually found on Facebook uh, who came over and did some tile work. And mm -hmm. I put an ad on Facebook and I said, literally, this was the ad. I was like, I'm looking for a friend of Bill to do some tile work for us. People jumped on his ass. They jumped all over my shit. You can't do that. They're going to lose their license. License contractors a, can't work right now. That's a health hazard. And I wanted to just put out a blanket statement like, I'm not looking for a licensed contractor. As a matter of fact, it'd be beneficial if they didn't even have teeth. Yeah. I'm looking for somebody who's down and out. That we can help out. In the program, trying to get better. Who needs a little cash. And again, no one was actually living in this house. So there, well. <laughs> That's the best part. Uh, yeah. So it's not like it was a health hazard. No one lived here. It was empty. Well, technically, we had a vagrant who was staying here for a little while. We did. We did have a house guest. Which is fine. In our empty house. So that would have been fine, too. I mean, they could have separated. Yeah. No big yeah. deal. So anyway, Chris literally then in, I guess, six weeks. Yeah, probably six weeks because we moved weeks. in in about two weeks before the baby came. Mm -hmm. Did this entire house top to bottom. And I'm talking yes. a 3,000 square foot townhouse, three floors. He built a new bedroom, expanded a laundry room, refinished kitchen cabinets, painted every square inch of this house, like changed out every single light fixture, light plate thing. It's a whole new house. Because I'm nuts. If you haven't figured that out from the first episode, I tend to get a little, um, what's the word? I don't even know how to describe it obsessive compulsive I over the top i think all of the above yeah if we're being fair yep it's all of the above yep which is fine it worked in this case it's beautiful yeah great house great house and it was so fun it's a beautiful home and it was fu so funny because then we moved in and literally when we moved in i like couldn't even walk at this point <laughs> <laughs> and me being the uber supportive husband i'm like whipping her with a paintbrush upstairs like hey paint this fucking trim this baby's coming like it or not i looked like buddha sitting on the floor <laughs> sliding my butt because i couldn't get up and down sliding my ass along with the paintbrush knowing too that he's insane so like taping it out by perfection like i was painting with a fine toothbrush yes so i didn't want to anger you uh, you would have done that anyways. I think the funniest thing is, so we move in, right? And then there's like a whole bunch of boxes, like when you move. And so like my mom came over and she's like, well, I, you know, I, I don't, I want you to be able to decide where to put things away. I'm like, just put them away. <laughs> I literally don't care where they are. Chris, I was talking to my friend and I'm like, literally, I, it's a scavenger hunt in my house. Every day, Chris is hanging a new something on the wall and I find it. And she's like, oh my God, that would drive me crazy. I'm like, not me. I'm 39 weeks pregnant. I don't care where it goes as long as it goes somewhere. Just get it on the wall. Just get it on the wall. Please. In fact, this is like, this just speaks to my like apathy when it comes to some things. You know how you have like, we have drawers in the kitchen and like one has like 
kitchen towels and one has pot holders and the bottom one's a junk drawer and one has the plastic bags and tin foil and it's not in the right drawer right like it just it drives me crazy every time yet we've lived here now since whatever the end of April of last year and I still haven't moved the damn tin foil see it's laziness yeah I moved on actually I got more important well there's to that about. too uh so anyway I think you know that's what saved us during the pandemic. Again, I cheated because I was pregnant and still working. Chris remodeled an entire home. Yes. Um, but I was also working uh, at a drug and alcohol rehab part time during this. And I remember I kept thinking like, oh, I bet they're packed because like, what's a better time to go to rehab? You can't go to TJ Maxx. Like, it's not like you can do anything else. Right. But census was low. What's census? Uh, how many beds are filled? Okay. So like there was a lot of room in the rehab. Oftentimes people have to wait days, weeks, you know, a long time to get a bed. We had plenty. That's so crazy. I know. It was, it was almost sad. And then it, it got worse after, um, like the stimulus money hit. Cause now, you know, what's a big trigger for addicts especially is cash. cash. Yeah. And now someone just deposited like $1,400 or whatever it was. I don't remember. So you know, I mean, people use. They didn't use that time necessarily to get sober. No. Actually, I think it was quite the opposite. Yeah. And it'll be, uh, I'm going to say it's going to be interesting, which I, I don't mean that in um like a good way. I think it'll be interesting to see those numbers like the overdose deaths and things like that, you know, in 2022, looking back on 2020, 2021. Yeah, I think, you know, when the country shut down, I think um, I, I understand, you know, why it did or whatever. But I think people don't realize that poverty, depression, addiction, like kills people, too. And yes, when you have idle time, there's nothing worse for an addict or an alcoholic than idle time. Yes. And that's all the pandemic was for so many people. Yeah. I mean, not working, home alone. You don't have to show up for work in the morning. You know, you can hit on a Zoom. There's no responsibilities. Yeah, like just unbelievable, you know. So I think I think you're right. I think we're going to see a whole nother epidemic come out of that. It's, it's crazy and scary and quite literally sad all at the same time. Yeah. You and know, because a lot of it, I, I'm going to say it was unnecessary. And again, you know, we didn't know what we know now back in March of 2020. Right. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, generational businesses, mom and pop stores, restaurants, uh, you know, uh, family run organizations or whatever that unfortunately folded because they don't have the pockets of, you know, the Walmarts and the Coca-Colas of the world and these mega corporations where they could have closed their doors for x amount of time yeah so even the fallout from the pandemic i think you're gonna see an increase in addiction deaths from addiction depression coming from that like almost a second wave i wouldn't be surprised if that's either in the works or it's it's coming yeah it's already starting to bubble to the surface yeah no that makes complete sense you know people lost their livelihoods and depression seeks in bad habits seek back in you know like yeah. if you had yeah and it's you know you know alcohol for you drugs for me was a solution to any number of problems and obviously not a healthy one but that's how people cope you know good bad and different you're celebrating the birth of a child what do you do 
You have a couple of beers with the guys. Um, a shitty day at work. What do you do? Straight to the bar after work. Um, you know, it's a solution. So I don't know. Again, it's just going to be interesting to see what the data says, you know, a year from now, looking back on all of this. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it it's going to... I'm And Zoom meetings. Like, we didn't Fuck. even touch on that. Zoom. Like, I've literally been back to, I think, one in-person meeting since the pandemic. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't, um, like, I wasn't that scared during the pandemic. And I don't say that to shame anyone that was. I just... I, you know, I was safe um, and stuff like that. But like I wasn't afraid when restaurants opened to eat outdoors. Like I, I wasn't afraid to do that. Like I knew I was taking the right steps. I think I would have been a little bit afraid to sit in an IA meeting. <sighs> I'm you, I'm going to go with I was not. I am. You know, I put my life in, you know, my own hands or the the hands of a substance, if you will. So many, like I've rolled the dice with my life so many times. I don't think, you know, getting the corona would have been the worst thing that I had, you know, done. No, I understand that. I think we were also in a different situation because you could stay away from people. Again, I was practicing medicine, so it wasn't just about me. It was about who I could bring it to at work, my yes. at-risk patients, right? Yes. So when I say that, it was because, I don't know, sitting in a basement, close quarters with all these people, no ventilation, you know, like... That was like an AA meeting is the opposite of social distancing, as it should be. That's part of it, right? Like that's, the fellowship. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. And so I've started going back now. But even in PA, like we're technically reopened, but not all meetings are back in person yet. They're starting. Yeah. And they've been, you know, up for a while. I just don't think, unfortunately, it's one of those things that it's just never going to be the same again. And, yeah. and I don't think a lot of people realize that, that even that that the pandemic has crossed over into like support groups and things like that. Totally. A lot. A lot of people think about business doors closing, bars, restaurants, et cetera, the travel industry, name it. I, I don't think that most people are thinking about like, oh, God, what about the poor alcoholics? They can't get to a meeting. Right. And I mean, there was Zoom options out there. But for those of us that have gone to in-person meetings, it's just not the same. Like I Zoomed. I really did. But it's just it's just not the same when it's I not I would work still at the drug and alcohol rehab. And I remember like seeing these like, you know, doing your their 28 day stay and discharging them. And you're like, here's a link of resources for online meetings. And I, I remember thinking like, good luck. This is not the ideal situation we're sending you into. No, absolutely. And again, like there is, you know, the the fact that there are Zoom meetings is super helpful, but uh, a freshly released alcoholic or addict uh, is not to be alone. No, and if you can blend in in a Zoom, like without your photo, no named, like, I That's don't know. It's, it's kind of defeats the purpose. It's bad news. But, you know, we're here. We made it. We hope that there's, you know... Uh, a good some of you have made it. And here's the great thing about AA, right? Even if you stumble, you get back up, you dust yourself off, and you try again. Absolutely. Right? Yep, that's the point. It's it's truly, it's an amazing thing. So the summer is here. What do you think, you know, it's going to be like not only going to parties again and things like that, but now that the world is open... You're no longer sequestering, if you will. What do you think it's going to be like for the alcoholic to get back into 
you know, the social swing of things where they're exposed to, you know, the partying and the drugs and all of that that comes along with it. So I think it's so interesting you say that because I, I remember like almost having like an internal countdown to when bars were reopening again. That mattered to me. Which is interesting. Right? Because <laughs> I don't drink. Yeah. No, like literally I was like, oh my God, the bars are reopening again. The bars are reopening again. Like it, it's almost like that forbidden fruit. Like, oh my God, people can sit at the bar again. Like, thank God. You know, like again, that whole totally messes with you. And for me, another trigger is, and I know this sounds so stupid, is nice weather. I mean, who isn't triggered by nice weather? It's a great thing to be able to have a beer like out on the deck. I know, but remember, it's, it's never actually a beer on the deck for us. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> a beer on the deck turns into a trip to Kensington, turns into a trip into the ground for me. Yeah. Like, no. that's, that's where I'm going. <laughs> it's so true. Like, it's uh, it's funny. I'm actually, I'm, uh, I think I'm more at risk when things are going good. Like, the sun's out and shining, the bars are reopened, the pandemic's over. Like, that's like a, because I can very easily tell myself that I'm okay, that it's different this time. Especially with a little time under your belt. Yeah, definitely. And I know that sounds like so ridiculous, but that's the insanity of all this. So yeah, summers are over. You know what I can't wait for? Concerts. I know. I just want to hear live music again. I don't even care what it is. I'm not a country guy, but I'll go to a country show tomorrow. Literally, the first tickets I can get to anything, we're going. <laughs> I had, When Chris and I started dating, I told him I had this goal that I was going to go to 40 concerts by my 40th birthday. And I was only 33, so I had like tons of time to do it. I mean, I was 34. Now I'm 37. I lost a whole like 16 months or however long it lasted. So we got to get we got to get to it. Goddamn pandemic. I know. We got a lot of making up to do. It's really fucked up my social life. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> but hey, we're here. We're alive. We're spreading a little experience, strength and hope. We are. Hopefully. Hopefully. And if we're not, then hopefully you're entertained by it. You know, click like, follow. All that good stuff. That's really all we care about. Tell us tell us what you want to talk about. Email us. Tell us what you want to talk about. Why didn't you just say that? I See, did. This is the problem in our marriage. See, I did say that, and you answered because you thought I was talking to you, and I wasn't. Oh. Well, yeah. you're looking at me. Because I think it's weird if I don't look at you. I prefer you didn't. <laughs> it actually makes you more attractive. But I'm not looking at you? Yeah. We're going to wrap it up. Okay. We hope that you have enjoyed episode two. Uh, we hope that we've given you uh, something to look forward to in terms of episodes three through 8,000. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, So I Married an Alcoholic. Like us, follow us. The podcast, again, is available on Spotify as of right now and also the Podbean app. It should be up on whatever subscription or podcast subscription service you subscribe to. Uh, I would say hopefully in the next couple of days. I think so. I keep checking, but I know it said it can take weeks to like pop through to like Apple podcast and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just it's not as it's not as easy as the Google makes it sound. No. <laughs> Nothing really is. So anyways, please be sure to like us, follow us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want us to address a specific topic, uh, you can send it over to so I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. Uh, we'll throw some stuff up on the website, maybe some different resources. Again, like pictures of us, uh, you know, on vacation or here in the studio, just so you can kind of put a name to a face, make it a little more uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Relatable? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, make okay. it a little more relatable. I don't know. Maybe make it us helps. more human-like. Maybe I just want to put my fucking face all over the internet. That's I don't really know. Right. That's actually yeah. Yeah. That's actually all. That's it is. a true story. It's been uh, it's been great. Thank God we got back down into the studio. I know it's been a while. We're like world travelers. Not really. Just to New England. Just to New England and various guitar centers scattered throughout. He went again. Just so you all know, he went again while we were there. I'm at his parents. He said he was like running to get milk. Nope. Guitar Center again. They didn't have milk at at the Guitar Center. Yeah, all right. You shouldn't have been at the Guitar Center again. Did I get milk? I don't remember actually why you went out, but I (laughs) remember thinking, this is taking too long. Did I even come home with milk? (laughs) Shit. What, did you go pick up dinner, maybe? I gotta get better at, like, being sneaky. Seriously. And, uh, like, I'm there thinking, like, oh, here we go. We're up in Worcester. He's probably smashing some. Rekindling an old romance. No. He's cheating on me again with the Guitar Center. Yep. You're out of hand. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Let's go. Say goodnight, darling. (laughs) Good night, darling. I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And also reminding you to help control the pet population, have your pets spayed or neutered.